Hello, my name is John Hendren, and you're listening to BotCast, episode number 60. In this podcast, we're going to focus in on Cantata 196, BWV 196, Der Er Danket an Uns, which is not one of his Leipzig cantatas. Those are the that collection, that cyclical set that Bach wrote for working at the Thomas Kirsch as Cantor in Leipzig. This instead is an early cantata, and many think that because of the general text that's used, that it was probably written for the occasion of a wedding. Now, I have several recordings of the opening symphonia, and we find that in some of Bach's cantatas, he starts with an instrumental number. It warms everything up, gets people's attention more than likely, and it allows a composer such as Bach to introduce some themes, perhaps melodies, harmonic progressions that may be tapped into in later movements. In this particular performance, uh, it's not my favorite, actually, but I wanted to highlight it nevertheless because it's an actually a pretty good album. And I know I'm sounding uh, like, wait a minute, you don't like this, but it's a good album, right? It sounds a little confusing. This uh, album is performed by a group named Ensemble Baroque Atlantique. We'll put this in the show notes. And the title of it is Symphonie and Concerti. And the concertos I, I like pretty pretty well. The, they have um, they perform, for instance, the violin reconstruction of BWV 1052, which is a, one of probably my most famous um, favorite rather Bach concertos. And they also perform three symphonias from different cantatas. And my gripe with this is they really stretch the time. This is just really too slow. And so I wanted to contrast this with yet another album that features the symphonias from cantatas. And this next uh, excerpt comes from the Accademia Byzantina uh, under the direct directorship of Atovio D'Antone. course might be reading too much into this but it it's this really nice um rhythmic pulse from the bass and we have these two violins on top who just seem to be so happy uh playing with one another uh chasing one another if you will maybe i'm reading too much into it but it seems like the perfect opening for a wedding cantata Uh, this performance and this comes from an album again named bach symphonia came out on decca in 2011 I actually think the the playing for this ensemble usually is very good, and that is the case here. Uh, enjoyed this album. Um, it's nice just to take as a concert, if you will, or a recital, and say, let's look at all of Bach's instrumental pieces all at once. I mean, if you are buying up Bach cantata recordings, you can do that yourself uh, programming your computer. But um, this is a really well-done disc. I hope you hear the difference in sound quality. To me, it's a richer sound, it's more immediate, it's more closely mic'd, 
and the tempo is pushed just a little bit more uh, to me, which uh, seems more appropriate. The next example I'm going to give you uh, actually comes from a full performance of this piece. Uh, and this came out, um, let's see what the date is on this recording. This is a 2000 recording, so we're going back. Um, this was a CD that has not lived with me for very long, uh, but it came out on the Harmonia Mundi label. The title of the album is Actus Tragicus, and it features four cantatas by Bach, and I believe they're all early cantatas, uh, BWD 4, 12, 106, and of course this one, 196. So if you know anything about Cantus Köln, which is the name of this ensemble there, primarily known as a vocal ensemble, that is the sort of uh, what they're known for. They record lots of recordings, um, singing vocal music, and it, Bach would sort of be at the end of their um, the range of what they perform. What I like about this recording, um, I like the speed that both the opening symphonia and this first chorus uh, took. Uh, the vocal style with this group is very even, uh, and because they're probably focused on you know early Baroque music, you know one of my first recordings of this ensemble was um, Monteverdi Madrigals, and uh, they they tend to have that early music approach to singing, which is there's not going to be a lot of vibrato, the diction's going to be very clear and they will tend to sing one person per part. And so that's what you, you, if you know the ensemble, you kind of know that you might get that when you buy this recording. And that's, uh, in fact, what we got. Uh, the text from this, I'm not going to mess up the German, but it's it's about God being great and blessing us and blessing the uh, the house of Aaron and the house, and, uh, the house of Israel. Uh, and so it sort of welcomes you. It's a very general, um, a very general text. It comes from Psalm 115 in the Bible, verses 12 through 15. So there was no real librettist with this. It's it's just setting some Bible verse to music. And just to give you a preview, there are three more movements. Um, the first is a soprano aria. Then there is a duet with tenor and bass, and then there's a concluding chorus. Um, and the text is very much of the same uh, ilk. Uh, we've blessing um, those who fear the Lord. Uh, may the Lord bless you, and you are blessed of the Lord of heaven and earth. Amen. 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 You'll hear a lot of amens at the end. So the, the text is very short. It's very general. 
Uh, but I want to pay attention to a couple things. I, I know Bach and other composers write with imitation between the two upper voices. We heard that in the opening symphony with, between the two violins. But we also get a duet. Um, the duet comes as the third movement. Excuse me, the fourth movement. Um, and it's special to me because I sang an arrangement of this when I was in choir, I believe in the eighth grade. Um, and so it's an English translation. I have no recollection whether the text was the same or it was different. But all I remember is that it, I was told it was the Bach piece. And I just remember falling in love with performing this. This is, uh, I was in choir through middle school. I never continued in high school. But I just remember feeling that this was, this was so cool when this piece came up. And it was because of the imitation. So I see a parallel here between the imitation we get in that opening symphonia and then in this piece, a duet for tenor and bass. And once again, we'll be hearing from Cantus Köln, um, directed by Konrad Junghenel. I love what Bach's doing there. He's taking the interplay between those two voices and he's echoing the two lines in the violin parts. Um, the one feeling I have about this particular duet, and this is now where I get very subjective, I like it a little slower. And that's probably because I remember performing it slower because I was singing with a bunch of boys. <laughs> And we didn't have the dexterity of voice that, that these performers have. But secondarily, I got used to this piece at a slower tempo. Um, my first exposure to this cantata uh, was pretty much alongside my first exposure ever to box cantatas. And that's when uh, Tan Kupman began his uh, recording project with Arato of the complete uh, cantatas by Johann Sebastian Bach. And it wasn't the first, but it was the first one in what I would call modern time when I was actively um, starting to listen to this music. Of course, uh, if you were to go to the Bach Cantatas website, which I'll link in the show notes, uh, it's a wonderful resource of tracking all the recordings of Bach's cantatas. And if you're not familiar, there are a lot of uh, a lot more options in terms of complete recordings. The big one that preceded uh, the Koopman was the Harnoncourt and Lenhart uh, collaboration on the Teldec label. Um, and that had some criticism, and I've, I've sampled some of those, and I kind of like them. Uh, but the Koopman was, was the one sort of when I was primed and ready to start... Um, uh, trying to understand Bach's cantatas, and I wanted a uh, recent recording. 
uh, he started. And in a previous episode, I think I've highlighted some some other recordings as well. Uh, this this was incidentally not recorded by uh, John Elliott Gardner. Now the Gardner. Uh, pilgrimage series is not a complete recording of all the cantatas. That was the sacred cantatas. And so those are the ones intended for church services. And this one again was, was probably a special occasion cantata and was not included, but Koopman tried to do, uh, I believe he tried recording them all. And so in this last uh, two clips, I'm going to play the same duet for tenor and bass performed by the Amsterdam Baroque Orchestra and Choir under Tan Koopman. And then we'll hear just a bit of the concluding, the fifth movement of this cantata, again by Koopman. So one of the other things that I noticed right away in comparing these recordings is sort of the balance between instruments and voices. And in the Koopman, the instruments to me sound like they're a little pushed a little further back in the background, uh, letting the vocalists sort of steal the show, if you will. Um, let's listen to the final movement. And this is, again, a chorus with all singers. So it's kind of an interesting texture that Bach adopts. When we say it ends in a chorus, you might have been expecting a unaccompanied four-part or five-part chorale, and instead, it's it's somewhat uh, or it, it's got this concerto-type quality to it. We open with uh, the instruments. We have the voices coming in uh, almost in the guise I think of like a Mozart symphony where where all the actions happening in the, in the string section but the but the woodwinds are kind of are 
performing on top of that in, in maybe not quite uh, as fanciful a way. And then he gets to what sounds a little more intimate because now the the top of the instruments go away. The voices now take on that very uh, concerted uh, style and the bass, of course, still pr- provides the foundation. And then we go back and forth. And um, it's this, it's treating the, the voices as instruments uh, and having them freely go back and forth that is one of the uh, telltale um, qualities of Baroque music uh, is that when you look at early Baroque or music from the Renaissance, uh, it was voices that were, that at least for the music that survived, right? The voices were king. And in the Baroque, it's where uh, instruments take on the quality of voices and sort of supersede them uh, in terms of the technical capability. And here we have Bach combining all that together. And what's remarkable about it for me is that this is an earlier work of Bach, who was probably very experimental in putting this together. It's well written. It, it, uh, to me, it's it's joyous music, as I think Bach likely intended based on the text. And uh, I think the Koopman recording, uh, there's some qualities to the vocal style, especially with the soprano, um, that it's open for criticism, of course, but I, I find it endearing just because this is how I was first introduced to this particular cantata, and so I like it. But I can understand if, if people have uh, some issues with the vocal qualities. If you're looking for a little more cohesion in the vocals, uh, I recommend the Cantus Kung recording on Harmonia Mundi. Um, the the Kutman, incidentally, I was trying to remember when the project started. I knew it was in the 90s. According to my notes here, uh, this first volume started in 1995, and it took many, many years before it was completed. There was a number of... Uh, financial challenges to take on a project like this. Um, and today they are not under the Arato label. Uh, they are re-released under the Challenge Classics, I believe. Um, I believe that's correct. Well, if you search for Kutman Complete Cantatas, you'll find it. It's, on, it's for sale, and it's still very expensive. Uh, so if you are a collector and you are searching for a complete cantata collection. I like the Kutman approach. I don't think it's the only one in town. I also very much like the Suzuki. Uh, I don't own the complete Suzuki, but I contain. I own many of the um, single CDs from that. And of course, the Gardner. Uh, those are the, I think, the three best collections of Bach's cantatas. And I want to share this one because uh, it's it's not a typical one. Uh, it's It's maybe not as well recorded or easily found, but I think it speaks to Bach's invention, his daring, and that interplay of instrument with voice. And maybe I'm putting too much into it, but I also like that interplay of the idea that we have um, the two voices together, sort of uh, mimicking, if you will, two people coming together. Now, it would make a lot more sense if that duet was a female and a male, But so be it. That's what we've got. Hope you enjoyed uh, exploring this cantata. Go check it out. B2V196. And this concludes the 60th episode of 
my podcast, Botcast. If you've been listening for a while, you'll probably remember that I had intended to record 100 episodes, and that would be it, focusing on my favorite pieces of Bach, exposing you, uh, the listener, to some different uh, recordings uh, from my collection, and uh, we're well on our way. Uh, I know I I get email from time to time from you, uh, listeners, saying when's the next episode's coming out. Uh, I do this as a labor of love. And you can support me just by knowing, for me knowing, that uh, you can make use of the information I provide online. Our website is Bieberfan, and that's not named after Justin. It's named after a earlier Baroque composer than Bach, Heinrich Ignaz Franz von Bieber, uh, bieberfan.org.org, and you're going to find there uh, the rest of the Bachcast episodes, the future episodes, And, of course, my bread and butter, the CD reviews of Baroque and early classical music. Thanks for listening.